0: I'm not just saying this because you dudes are here. Dude, y'all have a great podcast here. This thing's going to take, it's going to continue to take off.
1: Hi, this is Sean Clinch, the host of Stories Inside the Man Cave, and I want to offer a big thank you to each and every one of you who continue to download our podcast. We are celebrating our one-year anniversary, and we have some big plans on the horizon, and we would love for you to be a part of it as a sponsor of Stories Inside the Man Cave. We would love for your business or product to become a sponsor of Stories Inside the Man Cave. There are three sponsorship tier groups you can select from for more information on that give us a tweet a private message to at stories man cave or if you have a non-profit charitable organization send me that as well to at stories man cave as for the next episode let's ride wake your ass up or take a damn nap
0: and we're the three best friends that anybody could have
1: it's time
2: you were t- I mean, Sean, you were twerking. That's gonna
0: happen. <laughs> Murph, don't be a dick all your life.
2: This uh one of, the, one of the more fun podcasts I've ever done. Hey, i tell you what, if you're not talking about sports in the man cave, you,
1: no, I bet I said, <laughs> you gotta bet. That's it. <laughs> hey, big day. I think all of us in this room are vaccinated 100%. All I gotta say, gentlemen, is Moderna's second injection. No joke. Monday at three o'clock this week, and I had it and Tuesday at 12:30. I swear Muhammad Ali gave me an uppercut underneath my chin and put me out of commission for six hours. Arbo Harge and Coach Mo. I, uh, did you guys have the similar similar results or experiences?
2: I did not. I had the Pfizer though.
1: Uh,
2: I think the, I guess what I had was like maybe a swollen lift node underneath my left armpit. kind of sore for like a day but after that I was good dog no fever
3: no nothing it's good yeah i I was a baby i was hurting i needed my mama (laughs) i laid on the couch the next i mean i got mine that monday also sean by the late in the afternoon i was okay i woke up that morning went to go get my driver's license renewed got my oil changed and i went back to my house got in my chair and I did not get up out of my chair until oh. six o'clock that night. Oh. I was sweating, I had the chills. Woo. I had the, I like you Sean, had the Moderna, not the Pfizer. And that, The Pfizer don't even work, dog. That's when you, you get <laughs> You got the placebo. You got the placebo. I got water shot up in my arm, man.
1: That's
3: why you were swollen? It was like you
1: getting a breast implant, uh, <laughs> man. Why you tripping, man? Why is it there?
2: on my nipple.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's freaking. You got a third nipple growing there. <laughs> well, no, man. but I'm glad everybody's good. I'm glad you got you you're back
3: on your feet, Sean. I know it, it kicked your butt yesterday. You you text us all yesterday but uh let's get to our special guest because i'm sure he's gone through it all he's got a lot going on absolutely
1: episode 68 before we introduce him i gotta give a big shout out you are listening or witnessing history our first true sponsorship agreement of stories inside the man cave a former longhorn longhorn legend uh jim saxton he's a westlake og And he will service all your insurance needs best because he's trustworthy, a friend of the community. His dad was a Longhorn legend and a Heisman finalist. And you can reach Jimmy Saxton at state farm, his state farm agency at area code 512-441-1082, or shoot Jimmy Saxton an email at Jim at saxtoninsurance.com. Now, to introduce our guest for 68, he's a long-time friend. How about, this is from one of his Twitter posts that I love, and I watch it from time to time. Uh, it's from when all of him, how he greets or greeted all the area coaches.
0: Thanks, Coach. You are by far my favorite, man. Well, Coach, um, first week of practice underway. Uh, how the Chaps looking? Looking Good.
1: You're the best, Anthony.
0: Yeah. Whenever you're ready, coach. You know I love you, coach. I know you do, coach. You tell me that every time you see me, I appreciate it. I love you too.
1: I like to call this guy a local legend. He's a new dad, just like Big Mike, who is not here with us today. His, his newborn son named Luca. He's the pride of St. Edwards University, a hilltopper. And he is the husband of his beautiful wife, Angela. Anthony Geronimo, welcome. The stories inside the man cave.
0: Thank you so much, Clinchy. Thank you for that amazing introduction. It's great, great to be with you and coach and uh, my guy, Mike Harge. You guys are wonderful, awesome, and amazing. We appreciate all you do. And uh, I'm very humbled and honored to be a part of uh, this group today.
1: Absolutely, man. And before we begin the roundtable of deep discussions with this talented duo of men here, Coach Mo and Hardball Hardge. Uh, those of you listening, we have a lot of listeners in Ohio. Much love to you. 21 years at KI CBS Austin, where Anthony was a sports producer, a relationship establisher, relationship cultivator, lover of life, <laughs> photographer, just all around asset to the company for 21 years, worked for several talented, esteemed people. Anthony, just like we've all experienced, there's a change in your life. How do you reflect back? Because now you're making that shift from that 21 years in the media to something new. And there's no doubt you're going to prosper and do big things and whatever you do next Reflecting on that career of yours. How do you sum that up?
0: Well, it's hard to sum up clinchy, because I'm still in the process of it uh, process of it all. I mean, the last month and a half has just been, it's been a whirlwind. It's been a roller coaster. But it's also been the most amazing, incredible, happiest times of my life. And, you know, when people people get laid off all the time, it happens. And, you know, it was just my time. And so when I got that call, um, I was at the outlet mall in Round Rock shopping for some sunglasses and. When, the ones very, you got
3: on right now? The ones not you the got, ones on I got
0: right. not, not the ones I got on right now. Uh, I still haven't got those sunglasses. But one day <laughs> once I get another job, I'll go back and I'll buy yeah. those sunglasses. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Put but them on uh, way away. <laughs> <laughs> and so w- what you do is uh, it was an emotional phone call, and you don't I didn't get upset. I didn't get angry because what you do is you say thank you. You say thank you to the people that gave you an opportunity for being as long as you were there, and so you handle things with class, you handle things with grace, and you're just grateful, they could have done this to me in year five, in year 10, in year 15, and thankfully, I got 21 years at the same place, at the same TV station, and it was amazing, incredible run, and the one guy that, you know, for 15 years, you guys know Bob Baloo, And I love Bob. Uh, I mean, there's a place in heaven for people like Bob. And and that's just the immortal greatness, genuine heart loving guy. And and that's where Bob's going to be. And Bob has, I mean, I couldn't have been blessed to work with such an amazing guy for so long. And he's continued to be so supportive of me and my family and checking on our son and, and, and doing all these wonderful things to help me out during this time. But what, uh, get back to the lab. You, you got to stay strong. and You got to stay positive because when you go home, you got a wife to tell who's pregnant, who's an educator. And so I was like, you know, honey, here's what's happened. Here's how we're going to deal with this. And here's how it's going to be. And I need you to be strong. I'm going to be strong for you. I, I'm not going to cry and pout about this because I have you in my life. We have our son that's about to come and we're going to get through this together. We're going to celebrate 21 great years and we're going to keep a positive attitude and a positive spirit about this whole thing. And just appreciate the people that gave us the opportunity to be where we were for 21 years. And it's in some ways, you know, a month and a half later, it's been a blessing in disguise. Um, I've been able to spend and it's, it's been an incredible, amazing feeling that um, I'll never forget. And we're just so ecstatic to have Luca here. Um, Luca's doing well. He's still in the NICU but he's improving and he's getting better each and every day. And God bless that young man. He's our hero. My wife's my hero. And I couldn't be where I am without them today.
3: You know, I, I sit here and listen to you and, and you are the the beacon of positivity, man. I, I, no matter what is going on in the world, you reached out to me because I, I too was let go. Sean was let go. We've, we've all dealt with this, media change, right? And so things have changed without the industry. People are moving in different directions for whatever reason. But you have always been this person. The day that we first met, I'll I'll never forget this. So I'm going to give you all a little story at the Dale Diamond. I mean, excuse me, not the Dale Diamond, but we were at Dish Falk. Ant was going out to the bullpen to look at uh, a pitcher getting ready to start the game. Roger Clemens was walking next to Ant and I said, "What up, man?" And Clemens looked at me. And I was like, "No, no, no, no. I'm talking to Ant." And Ant yeah, started laughing so yeah, Ant <laughs> started laughing so hard on his way to the bullpen. And it was one of those moments that I would say, "That dude right there," and I told my family. I said, "That dude right there is always the most positive guy." no matter the situation. So I want to ask you this, where does that come from, man? What, what, what makes you become that person? Because everybody, you you know, you got a phone call and you could have easily been pissed. You Mm -hmm. dedicated your life to that craft for 21 years and you were still positive. Granted, you had a wife, you got to think about, you got a kid that you need to think about. You got life to go on. But what, where does that come from inside of you to always be that positive?
0: That's a great question, Mike. And I'm glad you remember that, Clemens. That's, I, I remember that, too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious, man. It was hilarious.
0: <laughs> well, the, the meta- <laughs> that mentality was instilled in me at a young age. And it was – but the parents I had, the family I had, and the education I received um, were all – and, of course, the mentors of coaches I had – uh, leaders, priests, whatever you want to, you know, I've had so many great people in my life that I've learned from to to have a positive attitude, to have a positive spirit, and most of all, encourage others. And it's funny because we're in this industry of, of media, and it's like you can't take sides, and you got to be, you know, neutral. And uh, as you guys know, I'm not afraid to express my feelings of pulling <laughs> for yeah. coaches and, and rooting for young people and, and rooting for coaches and players to be successful uh, be, because that's just who I am. And that's how I was raised at such a young age. And, and Grant, I, I haven't been a saint all my life. I've, I've had my challenges and difficulties. But at the same time, it's just something that I've always been taught. To, to, to be positive no matter what's going on in life, to always encourage others, to pick people up when they're down, to, to give people hope. And in the last 10 years, I mean, as you guys know, the society we've been living in and things have gone on, um, people need it more than ever. And so that's where it's ultimately come from is the mentors, the leaders, the teachings, the, the parents that I had um, is how to act and behave and and. You know, in light of what's going on, is is to have the the strength and, and mental fortitude to to stay positive, and to you know, like Coach Grito says, let the human spirit reveal itself, and mm-hmm. it, it's always been in me, but it's in all of us. It's yeah. just a lot of people
2: that's
0: revealing true. and coming out.
2: You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, and I like to uh, you know, from time to time, I'm always you know talking to my buddies and like, hey man, as men, we had to find ways to express ourselves. You know, sometimes men, us being who we are, you know, we like to hold stuff in, you know, not express our feelings. I love the fact that you, you, you put that out there that you like to express your feelings. Uh what are some things that you do when you know you feel in that pressure? Do you go and have your moment with your creator? Or do you just, you know, go to a quiet place and try to gather your thoughts? Like how do you mentally you know, prep yourself to, you know, after you got that phone call, what did you do immediately after that to kind of mentally prepare yourself to have that conversation with your wife and to get yourself prepared for
0: that journey that you was going on? Mentally. That's a great question, coach. Um, Mentally. um, It's something that, you know, you don't expect that phone call to come. You don't expect something like this to happen to you when you're at the outlet mall and, you know, you get that phone call. And and let me just preface by saying the the people at the station, the management, they're phenomenal. They've been great. They've been terrific towards me. Um, There's never, ever been and there will never be any ill will towards that station or any hostility towards that station. I mean, I'm pulling for them. I'm telling people, please keep watching the station. Keep following, you know, the anchors and reporters. And of course, keep following my guys, Jeff Barker and Bob Ballou, because, you know, those people are working hard. And they're trying to do the best they can to provide you the news and information. But, you know, when it comes to being mentally prepared, um, I believe it's because of a, it's just the inner strength that I have to be able to compose my emotions and temper, um, temper, I don't want to say temper the anger, but understand the realization of, of what's going on. And whether that's keeping a strong faith or always having a strong faith, uh, and by the way, this was during Lent too. So can you imagine as a Catholic <laughs> happening during Lent where I sacrifice and give up Ooh. everything? No meat, no fast food, Ooh. no food. I mean, nothing, by the way. So I mean, it's like I can't go, you know, go God, you, you would be get a cheeseburger and fries and you know <laughs> and, and kind of you know soak it all in, but it comes from, you, you can't just think of yourself. You have to think of others. And I think of the first thing it was my wife. Okay. I'm going to tell my wife what's happened and what's going on. I can't see her. She can't see me cry. She can't see me upset. I got to be strong for her because I know she's going to be strong for me. It's like, um, you know, when obviously I work with Bob and Jeff, they took it extremely, extremely hard. That phone call I got from them, was, was devastating and heartbreaking. And I told them, I said, guys, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. I'll be all right. I just need you guys to stay strong and, and, and don't get upset and don't get mad and, and just know I'll be okay. What I need you guys to do is continued what we started for the last 20, 21 years. Build on the strengths that we've been doing. Build on the community relations with the coaches and the student athletes. And the fans and the families continue doing that for them for me, because that's what I want. I, I want them to keep doing the coverage. I want them to keep getting after it. So it's not necessarily about me. It's about what them and keeping them happy in a good frame of mind. Don't worry about me. I'll be good. Let's stay strong. Let's stay positive. And let me just also say, the outpouring of support has been emotional. It's been overwhelming. I mean, you guys and everybody has been fantastic and gracious with their words and comments, and it means more to me. I'll tell you this. So on my official last day, I mean, I got the call, I think it was March 4th. My official last day with the station was March 17th. And so I, I wrote a long letter, you know, here's what's going on to all everybody so they know. Uh, because it's funny, that week I went to a golf tournament and was asking, where's your camera? Where's your mic? I'm like, uh here's what happened. And so they were distraught and upset. I was like, okay, I got to come clean and be real with everybody. This is what's happened to me. So we're on, my wife's like, what do you want? Your last day, your official last day. I was like, I want catfish parlor. It's lent. So I've been eating catfish and seafood left to right. So I post that note on catfish parlor. And the first response I get, I start crying and bawling. And my wife's like, that's it, honey, put the phone down. Don't be reading these comments because you're going to be bawling all night and crying all night. And she was right. I was, it was like, you're taken back by the way people feel about you and what they say about you. But it's just like, you know, why can't we all say that about everybody? You know, why can't we just be nice to people and encourage people and everybody had that in them just to always have a positive voice and always have a positive thing because it's just never been in me to be negative and be hateful and rude. And, um, you know, we see a lot of that today and, and that's not how I roll. And you guys know that and very thankful for all the kind words and, and messages towards me and my family.
1: Yeah. And uh, you and I first met in 2004
0: or yeah. five.
1: I was in East Texas <laughs> and then I went to Oklahoma city. And of course we saw each other a lot more when yep. we went to big 12 media days and the Texas OU, whatever. So this is legit. Anthony. But one thing about Anthony that uh, is, I found amusing. I still find it amusing. It's who he is. Hard just laughed a lot about it. Everybody who crosses your path, I mean, you're not afraid to go up to a coach, and not really afraid. But you're you tell him you love him. And you, and one of my favorite moments is the simple fact when Augie Garrido was still with us. God rest his soul. He had that. I think was it knee or hip replacement. Yeah. You went over and got his scooter for him and drove it up for him. And, and t- share with these lovely, lovely followers of stories inside the man cave and you made him push his horn after it was all done to let, <laughs> warn i everybody, um, he's, Augie's on his way right. with the scooter. So let's yep. just share some of those stories.
0: Well, look, a backstory is when I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska side of the college world series. And so when we were younger, our Little League teams would would go to this uh, park uh, in Omaha where the teams would practice. Now, it's a lot different nowadays in terms of the access, but we would take Cal State, Fullerton, whoever it may be, USC, Stanford was there all the time, Georgia was there. We would take them sodas, uh, fruits, oranges, apples, just to treat the team as part of, hey, it's a neat deal. Let's help, you know, these teams that are <laughs> that are here. And uh, so one of them was Cal State Fullerton and Coach Garrido. So that was the first time I had met Coach Garrido. And, uh, and then they also had like this day where the coaches would do an instructional camp down at Creighton University. And so when he got, to, when I got to Austin, I said, hey, coach, you probably don't remember this, but I used to, you know, help your teams, Cal State Fullerton teams at, uh, during your practices in Omaha, we'd give you all drinks and stuff. He's like, you're right. I don't remember that, but man, it's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. And, and thank you for taking care of our team. And so I've known coach a long time. And I think that kind of hit it off with us really good that I had some background with him and, and what I had done for him. And ever since that point, I mean, our relationship was always great. Uh, so many great candid conversations um, you know, coach is a once in a, one in a million guy and I miss him every day. And, um, he's just, he's just a, a crown jewel, but anyway, he did have off season hip surgery and he comes out and he has a cane and I'm like, well, what's going on here? I, Cause I've seen him in that scooter before he has a scooter. And I was like, where's the scooter? Let me get the scooter. Let me help you coach. And, and I think the scooter was like on the other side of the dugout, so I walked over and grabbed the scooter for coach. And he said, thank you. And I said, beep the horn for us, coach. And he beeped it, and he, off he goes. But, any again, just anything I could do to help coach. And my, my guy, I was like, oh, man, I'll always be there for you, coach. And I love you, coach. And uh, he, he was he was something else. I love him.
3: So let's stay there because <laughs> that, that that to me is – one of the best stories ever because I'd never heard about the horn and all that other stuff. Yeah. But I want to ask you this. You <laughs> always, as Sean says, always find a way to greet these coaches, having a good time, but you do this great Mac Brown. You did it just a second ago, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did it a second ago. Such a neat deal. That's such <laughs> a neat deal. So give us a little Mac Brown. But then tell us a story that people may not know about your relationship with Mac Brown as well.
0: Well, Coach Brown, I mean, God bless him. Uh, Let me start off like this. And what people don't know, well, what some people do do know, is that me me and Coach Brown, we we had a – I don't want to say a run-in, but we had a little bit of a misunderstanding. So I think it was either 04 or 05, um, and back then he would let the fans come watch practice for the full week. And the media could shoot the full practice. I mean, barring some some stuff you couldn't shoot. So it was a full week of open practice at Denea's practice fields. I'm isolated on Burnett legend, Texas high school football receiving legend, Jordan Shipley on a route run. Jordan immediately pulls up, is holding his hamstring. I think, I believe he tore his hamstring and he missed the season. So I called my sports director. I said, Skip, oh my God, you'll never believe this. Jordan Shipley has went down with a hamstring injury. So I followed Jordan all the way up to where the trainers are. They're working on him. I mean, it was a big no-no, but I did it anyway. So I got shots of them working on Jordan. And so I call Skip. He's like, I'm coming down to get the tape. It makes the five o'clock news and six o'clock news and practice isn't over until like seven o'clock. So, okay. I got an injury, Jordan Shipley. I got video of him where I'm not supposed to be. It gets on the five and six o'clock news. This is like on a Monday, first day of practice. Okay. Next day they cancel all media availabilities to shoot practice. No more practice. Shut it down. He holds a press conference. And he goes, um, uh, it's not a direct quote, but uh, some member of the media uh, went out and reported, uh, showed video of one of our student athletes getting injured without first me telling the parents. And it's not right for a parent to learn that their child's been injured on TV. So with that, we're going to close all practices for the media the rest of the week. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> so he closed practice for the media the rest of the week because Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> Jordan getting injured. And so I had a meeting with Coach uh, and explained to him what I did, why, and how I felt bad about it. Um, but from that time on, I mean, Coach is like, you know, one day when I become a parent, I'll understand that it's his duty and obligation as a coach to – that their child's been hurt their child's been injured and not for me to learn their child's been hurt over the tv so we had a great great conversation about the whole situation um i felt bad i felt terrible um media members were pissed at me because that ended practice open practice for the rest of the week there's great video if you check with bob he might be able to pull up that video but um (laughs) it's uh it was crazy so anyway from that point on me and Mac have been like, just, just great. I mean, and it took something like something stupid for me to do for us to have that come to Jesus moment where he knew where I wanted to be and what I knew what he was going to do and where my limitations were and where I should and shouldn't be. And ever since that point, coach has been amazing. Uh, his wife, Miss Sally is just incredible. They're amazing. They, they've checked on Luca. Uh, they checked on me with the, with the layoff and everything, but um, he's just been fantastic. Um, there's been several moments where I've been at an event or something and, you know, the great John Bianco has said, Hey, aunt, you know, he, you, you can go talk to coach Brown, um, Bill Little. He's also been helpful. John and Bill Little are fantastic at, at Texas. You guys know them. Um, so they, have been extremely helpful with access to coach Brown and and other coaches over the years, but you know, there, we've had our, you know, private moments where I've gotten an interview with them whether because I was the only one there, or he said, Hey, he agreed to talk to me, but in in terms of the Mac, uh, impersonation, it's hard for me just to like do it when I'm thinking about it. Now, if I'm not thinking about it, it's easy for me to do. And, you know, let me, let me see here. Um, you know, Hell, you know, I see
2: them. I see them hands moving. Well, I know, they're, like, they're moving.
0: I, you know, <laughs> when I lost my job, the first thing I went back to my wife, I said, honey, what are we going to do? And she said, we can either move to Chapel Hill, the Bahamas or Hawaii. I said, honey, that sounds great. Let's do it. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, hilarious.
0: Texas is a very powerful place. Texas. We love Texas and we want to stay here forever. And we want to be here for these kids. Let's, oh, let's be here for these kids. I love you, Mac. I love you, Sally. You guys are wonderful and great. Everything. It was a great 16 years. And um, you guys are the best. Man, you sound like Mac Brown. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> to the core. Mac's going to kill me for it. He's going to kill me. Don't show that. <laughs> coach, I love, you. I love you, Coach. You know.
3: Uh, oh, oh, and you are the man. Dude. You are the man. <laughs> there is so much good. that we could get into. And it is so funny. And it's oh, good my that. God your spirit is the way that it is man yeah. because you always brighten up a room whenever you walk into it i remember <clears throat> we got a chance to go to new orleans and we were there for a week
0: yep. <laughs> but, but <laughs> we got every morning each- every morning i'd wake up <laughs> and there's mikey 5 a.m getting
3: ready for the show i'm like trying to get ready for the show and you're like hearts make it a great day and i'm like <laughs> Man, I'm trying to figure out where I'm at right now. <laughs> but but they would always kickstart my day, man. So I always appreciated you. I appreciate your hard work. Just like you and Sean, you guys are, y'all do so much behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know and how you get there early and set up everything to make sure you got the perfect shot. Sean used to come in and talk about, man, I got to go do this digital. They're talking about digital. And you were like, well, I got to go out here and make sure we got the perfect shot so Bob can give us the story. (laughs) But I appreciate that because I got a chance to watch both of you guys do your craft for something that us at home could enjoy. And that was the beauty of it all because people don't understand what you guys do behind the camera. They're always looking at the guys in front. But at right. the end of the day, you guys are two of the hardest-working people that I knew behind the scenes, and I, I wish nothing but to success to both of you. Sean started his new career. I'm sure you're going to have success as well. So I'm just thankful for you, brother, and I'm glad you are always so positive.
0: Thank Absolutely. you, Michael. I love you, Mike, and thank you for those kind words.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Totally
2: agree.
0: Yeah,
1: 100%. And uh, one thing about him, I mean, I will say this, uh, to play off of what Har's just said. Um, there are some talented individuals in the Austin media, especially in sports media, especially in sports media. Uh, we uh, <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> that
2: means the weatherman ain't shit. I'm <laughs> just
1: saying, say it, Mo. Say it, Mo.
2: <laughs>
3: because
1: because uh, for people who don't understand what we were up against, uh, consultants, corporate. People at a higher level, not in this market or in the on the on you know on the ground with boots on the ground, would basically say sports is irrelevant. Well, I will say this about Anthony and Jeff Barker and and Bob Ballou and everyone bef- who were a part of that team, especially Ant, Jeff and Bob, award-winning material and content on air, digital, in the public. Every day, and I'm not just saying it because you know how I feel about what the work you guys did um, and, and Bob and Jeff continue to do, 100% award-winning material, and it's not scores and highlights. It's true stories about humans, stuff we can all relate to, powerful, powerful messages, which we can only hope that we can do through a podcast, but you guys, through your video and your storytelling, Anthony, I mean, some of the most powerful stories I've ever seen.
0: Well, thank you, Sean. We, I appreciate those kind words. You know, and, and getting something back to what uh, Mike was saying, you know, it's, it's to me, it's always been about the kids. It's always been about the student athletes. I mean, <laughs> I can't stress that yeah. enough. It's about the kids. Be there for those kids. But you can't be there for with those kids w- without the coaches to give you the access to the kids. And the coaches in our area are phenomenal. They are terrific. I mean, every sport. I'm just not going to sing out football, baseball, bat. I mean, I'm talking every sport across the boards. The access these coaches in our area have given us is second to none. And we wouldn't be able to be successful at our jobs if it wasn't for the access they allow us and You're the right. stories they allow us to share with their student athletes. And in turn, the families love it, the communities love it, the student bodies love it. Everybody loves it. And so it all comes together. But at the same time, if, if, if you don't uphold a certain uh, standard and character about yourself, these coaches and people, they're not going to tell you anything. They're not going to let you come to practice. They're not going to let you do this and that. So you have to be professional about your job. You have to have a lot of energy about your job and most of all, a passion about your job to share these stories of these student athletes. I don't care if it's a high school level, college level, hell, even a professional level. I mean, we're the, the Round Rock Express, they give us stories like crazy. They're phenomenal. Uh, the Toros and Spurs, great story ideas. I mean, I can go on and on and on, but it has to be someone they can trust. Tell and share the stories. And thankfully I've been blessed to work with some amazing writers, Adam Winkler, Jeff Barker, Bob, Kevin West. I mean, I can go on and on. Courtney Timmons, Sarah Merrifield. I mean, I've worked, I've been blessed to work with so many great reporters and anchors over the years In 21 years. It, it, they're phenomenal. But the access, those stories aren't told without those coaches, those communities, those schools trusting us to do the right thing and to put a positive light on what their stories are all about.
3: that's that's awesome Mo, go ahead bro and you just you, you said something really important that
2: those coaches are instrumental in you know the next development state for all those kids so you spoke on something good right there you know a lot of people tend to forget you know they say oh, it's always just sports but sports to a lot of these kids is is instrumental man in, in their next step in life mm-hmm. you know it's, it's one thing being a No, you know, nothing wrong with just being a student. It's funny because I was just talking to someone about this earlier today. A student athlete, man, is it's like two jobs in one and it's very hard, especially at the high school level. Then when you get to the collegiate level, how difficult it is to kind of maintain, you know, the standards that they want you to to be at to be a a student athlete, you know, because student athlete, you wake up in the morning, early in the morning. You gotta either go to all your classes early in the morning. Then you got practice right after that. Then you got you know to prep for whatever game or competition you have, and then you got to redo it all over again the next day. So it's kind of like a 12 to 14 hour day of class and then perfecting your craft. But those coaches, man, are instrumental, and sometimes they're the only figures, positive figures that these these kids have, male and female athletes that they have. And you touched on something good right there. Those coaches are instrumental in, you know, letting outsiders come in so they so they can capture the story of those kids and whatever success they're experiencing at the high school level and at the college level.
0: Absolutely, Coach. You hit the nail on the head and you couldn't have said it any better. And, I mean, I've only lived in Austin. I've only worked in Austin. I don't know what it's like in other towns and other cities. And But the coaches we have here – they stress academics first. They stress, I mean, the, the, I think uh, Kwame Cavill had uh, one of the great quotes I've ever heard: "The best availability is eligibility," and yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you got to be uh, you,
1: nowhere you around to be now.
0: eligible, or so you ain't playing. And, Absolutely. Um, you know, and it seems like nowadays the coaches also understand and know they got to get their kids in front of a camera. They got to do these interviews. They got to, you know, speak to the media because it will not only help them and benefit them now, but help them and benefit them when they move on to the next level, whether it's division one football or division two baseball, whatever. And that's great. And, and kudos to those coaches who understand and recognize, hey, this is an opportunity for me to get our student-athletes in front, of, in front of all these platforms, because nowadays there's so many media platforms, it, it's it's ridiculous. When I first started this 21 years ago, it was this TV and newspaper. Now we got TV, newspaper, uh, websites, social media sites, fan sites. I mean, it, it's crazy, and it's good too. It's a digital. Positive.
3: <laughs> Damn, there you go again. There <laughs> it is, that digital. You gotta. Digital. Man, they want us to go digital. shoot. Digital. Yes, they digital. want us to go do digital.
0: Everything's going digital. <laughs>
3: But you know what else you said that was that was really, really important too. Besides the eligibility and the accessibility, you guys are given the opportunity to tell the story of these kids. And that that that's a science in itself. Because if someone's gonna be able to help me, as we've talked about. You're going to help me because you're going to give me that exposure. You're going to have, give me the opportunity to speak in front of others and you can bury me or you can help me, you know, because a lot of times it's all about access, right? Accessibility, eligibility, and being eligible to do different things. Yep. You have to be able to have a platform. And, and to your point, there's a bunch of different platforms, but if you make the news cycle in a good way, that's huge. Yep. And if you can get an Anthony Geronimo or Sean Clinch or pick your person to tell your story to give you the love, that helps recruiting. That helps getting into colleges. That shows that you have the ability to talk in front of others. This is a great, great platform. And guys like you, you two are are very special at what you do by painting that picture. So you 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 said something when you said that, my brother.
0: Yeah, and and also, I mean, shooting all these games and getting all these great highlights, I've got student athletes that have inboxed me. Hey, did you get a shot of this? Did you get a shot of that? Hey, can I get this video of this? Can I? Absolutely, I sent it out. I sent it out. I mean, I want these. Like I said, it just goes back to me just pulling and rooting for these kids to be successful and to bring a smile to their face, their family's face. Hey, I got, I got this one handed catch from this kid, or I got this amazing home run or whatever it is. I'm going to put that out there. Go share it with your friends and family, share it with your recruiters. I mean, it's a positive thing and anything I can do to help these kids in a positive way, I'm going to do it. And if there's one thing I want people, I want to leave if, I mean, I hope I can stay in TV one day, but if not, I just hope I had a profound impact on all the people Uh, over the years because they've had a profound impact on me. And I mean, it's, it's incredible. Let me just show you one, share one story. So like today I saw Pearson Cootie is now the number one ranked golf amateur in the world. Wow! I met Pearson Cootie when he was a junior in high school and met him at the state golf tournament. I met his family. Of course, his, his, his granddad was the Masters champion and uh, their mom and dad are terrific. That's a relationship that I treasure forever. And now he's the number one ranked golfer in the world. Cole Hammer, number one, knew Cole since he was 12 years old. And look where Cole Hammer is now. Jordan Speed, knew Jordan Speed, 14 years old. Got to know him even more during the state golf tournaments. Was there for all three. Super great guy. Probably one of my favorite athletes I've ever covered. Love his family. Love his mom and dad. So happy and proud of Jordan. I mean, there's just so many different stories. I mean, can you imagine 21 years at one place and getting to know all these people and their families? It's incredible. Bob Shipley, love the Shipley family. Incredible. So it's just been an amazing blessing. And every one of the coaches that I've worked with, student athletes I've met, they've had a profound impact on me and I love them all. And I miss them all.
1: That's that's powerful stuff. Ant. And I could not, you could not have said it any better. And Before we wrap things up, and 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 Coach Mo looks like he's in a scene of Mortal Kombat, walking around looking for the bad guy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hey, I'm getting ready for the asses, baby. (laughs) And we we uh, he's an avid fisherman, tremendous golfer, huge Kansas City Royals fan. So, having said that, we want you to wrap things up with the Jimmy Saxton State Farm Agency. Man Cave story, what would that be? Because it could be anything to do with all the championships. Um, Another Mac Brown story, Augie, Harge, Coach Moe. Any ideas we could lead Anthony down? What path?
0: Oh, my gosh. A Man Cave story. I mean, I I don't think many people knew that I was the one that caused (laughs) – practice to be shut down for a <laughs> week <laughs> yeah that was the story right there <laughs> oh my god I mean, there's just so many there's just so many great stories and when sean reached out and made me think about it earlier i was just like i don't know where to begin i don't know where, where to start because 21 years is is just magical I mean, there's just so many great stuff i mean there was one time uh, I took over the intercom system at Moncrief Newhouse. So it was a post-practice interview. And so what you have to do, uh, post-practice interview, you have to go into Moncrief, but to get in Moncrief, you have this button and somebody will let you in and you'll go through the gate. Well, there was nobody there. I was one of the first ones there. And I thought, oh, well, this would be a great fun joke and prank to pull on all the media members coming in for post-practice availability. So I go behind the desk and first bell rings. And I think it's Brian Davis. And I get in this really deep voice. I'm like, I'm going to help you. He's like, yeah, Brian Davis, Austin American statesman. And I was just like, well, what's the passcode? <laughs> Actually, hold on. I, I have video of it. And I'll, I'll maybe share it with you uh, later, but I pulled that prank. Hold on. Let me see if y'all can see this. It's, it's great. It was one of my favorite things I've ever done. It's hilarious. Uh, but that I, I love sounds amazing. The guys are great they're hilarious hold on let's watch this uh, your purpose of being here press conference here in a few minutes do you agree to the rules and regulations of entering the facility today sir absolutely thank you please enter through the gate <laughs> <laughs> the rules and regulation,
2: rules of regulation. <laughs> yeah, who asked
0: that to go into my that's group? going Why down on
3: the thing practice? to tease
0: Do you agree to enter the rules and regulations and principles in entering this (laughs) (laughs) gate? I'd be like, man, what's going on in there? He
3: said, said, absolutely.
2: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: absolutely. I'm the boss man. You're going to follow my rules to get into Moncrief now. And I did that to every media member. Now, some caught on. It was me because you can hear me laughing. But that was one of my favorite stories ever. It was taking over Moncrief. And controlling the gate on who is accessing and entering the building.
3: That is awesome, man. That <laughs> and is there's awesome. another
0: great story. Um, well, I'll, I'll share, uh, so there was a post probability uh, after the spring game at Texas State, and oh, I know this. I, I, thought, I, I thought I was far enough back from the huddle.
1: Oh, I remember this team
0: huddle after after the spring game, and it was Coach Withers' team. And I wasn't far back enough, so coach is like, back up, back up, get out. And I'm like, okay, sorry coach, apologize. And then um, from there on, it it, kind of got a little tense, he got upset that, you know, we can't be in the huddle, and there were some words exchanged. I probably shouldn't say this and tell it, but, yeah, it wasn't pretty, and I felt You can bad. say it. You can, you can say, say it. It's the man kid, the mad bro. man hey, <laughs> well,
1: It's just no, us four. No,
0: so, so, anyway, um, he just said, you know, as long as he's the coach here, there ain't going to be anyone in the huddle. And I was like, I'm sorry, coach. It's my bad. And then he's like, he blamed somebody else because it was their bad for not watching me, for being in the huddle. And so, it was a verbal – Verbal exchange, and uh, of course, I was it had to be me to mess it up. But you know, that was Coach Coach Withers. No more media hey.
3: visibility because man, of we it. Can't yeah.
0: take you know where dog, you be messing up everything.
1: You can't time. have nice things. You can't have nice things. <laughs> <laughs> well, but and, I missed
0: it. I loved hey. it. It was a great twenty-one years. Uh, I love being in Texas. I love covering Texas and uh, the surrounding areas, and everyone's been great. And, uh, you know, I'll be back. I'll be back. I promise y'all, I'll be back.
3: <laughs> My man, Ann, you're the best, buddy. You are the best. Hey, man. we we Much love success. you. Congrats on the baby. Thank you. And I'll be pulling for you, bro. And and I know for sure you're going to land in somewhere special, man. You're Thank the you man. Best. Absolutely,
0: Thank you, Excellent. Mike. Thank you, Coach Mo. Thank you guys so much. Really, really appreciate you guys and all you do. Uh, we love you guys. Um, you know, my baby and my wife are amazing, and, and, and they're my strength and rock right now, and we're all going to get through this and, and be all right. And uh, still waiting uh, for Uncle Sean's uh, baby gift. So uh... – <laughs> Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> Come on, coming. Coach, Mo, <laughs> Coach Mo, Mike, you good, but we get, we're going to get Sean. <laughs> That's, right.
3: No. That's right. That's right. Let's get it.
0: Target, Sean, and Amazon, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Get to that registry.
1: <laughs> well, we can't wait for uh, That's the, awesome. the Luca party. Luca is Aunt's son, him and his wife's uh, newborn son. When you guys feel safe, we need to have a little get-together, a little housewarming with the new addition, that being Luca, to the Geronimo household. And Aunt. You are welcome here anytime. We love you, man, and we we're proud to call you a friend and I'm finally glad that Coach Mo was able to meet you and Absolutely. We're going to wrap Coach things Mo, up. For all you do, my man.
0: You guys are great. Thanks. Thank you guys again. Anytime you got my number. Love to do it. And uh y'all stay blessed. Y'all keep up the terrific work and I hope to see y'all soon.
1: Absolutely, And We love Appreciate you. you yeah, we'll, but. we'll wrap things up with segment 2 of episode 68 with ant but first a word from anthony's well no it's about anthony's uh former boss ALS, or Lou Gehrig's disease, affects over 15,000 Americans. A friend of and former guest of Stories Inside the Man Cave podcast, Bob Ballou continues to do his best to find a cure for this nasty disease. The sports director of KI, or CBS Austin, will host his annual Under Ballou Skies Golf Classic and party, benefiting the ALS Association of Texas on May 14th. To sponsor this wonderful event or register your golf teams to participate in a round of golf at Avery Ranch Golf Club on May 14th, log on to ALSTexas.org or contact Michelle Miller by email. That's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E at ALSTexas.org. Following the Under Blue Skies Golf Classic on May 14th will be a virtual party with a purpose. Let's all join arms and contribute to the Under Blue Skies Golf Event and Virtual Party and Conquer ALS. One of the most loyal fans of Stories Inside the Man Cave podcast since day one has been Jimmy Saxton, the former Longhorn and former Westlake Chaparral and the son of a Longhorn legend who was a Heisman finalist. He is also our primary sponsor for all of your insurance need. Log on to saxtoninsurance.com or give him a call at 512-441-1082. Again, that phone number, 512-441-1082. Jimmy Saxton, an Austin original, and has been insuring Austin for nearly three decades. Love the interview with a Big Ant Anthony Geronimo, two decades plus in Austin media. We love you and we appreciate you having joined us for episode sixty-eight. And we've got two minutes left with Coach Mo. I don't know if you've been following Texas baseball, hard jazz nonstop. Uh, Ivan Melendez, the, the product from the El Paso area, six home well home runs in six consecutive games. It ended versus Nevada. On a Tuesday night that streak, but he did have two. Yeah. Two hits, two RBIs, and the four three win. Coach Mo, at that big at high level college baseball, does that is that eye-opening to you when you hear of a young man, any town, any level to hit a home run in at least one home run in six consecutive games? Hell yeah. Shit, it's hard to hit one in one game, let alone
3: trying to hit six. (laughs) (laughs) Say it louder for the people in the back, (laughs) man.
2: <laughs> you fools can't hear? Huh? It's hard <laughs> out here.
3: <laughs> it is definitely hard out here. You are one hundred percent correct. For that man to hit that ball that far as he did, that is—I've uh, been following that that team since I came out the womb. I I signed with the University of Texas. I know what I've seen. I've <laughs> never seen anybody hit a ball over the center field wall that went. Over
1: it, still going up,
3: still going uh, up. How how far is that center field?
2: That's four oh five straight away center uh, oh, shit. field. Come power on,
3: rallies,
2: man. Power Alley's
1: at Power Alley's a beast now. The that other day, he hit, yeah, he
3: hit one four seventy one the other day to left field over the street in left field, like how almost is, hit the golf the tennis court. How, uh, how big is he? Uh, he's like six three, six shit, four. Shit, he must.
2: be. I bet that boy can deadlift. Shit, lot oh, of yeah. God, oh yeah, god.
3: I don't like his nickname though. Well, is- we, we haven't we haven't decided what his nickname's gonna be. Let, let, let Mo know some of the nicknames that were thrown out there.
1: Hispanic Titanic.
3: <laughs> Latino Bambino. <laughs> Latino <laughs> Bambino.
1: I don't get it. I I mean it's not it's not offensive to me, but that Titanic means you're going down. Yeah, I mean he go crush the ball down. I don't, I swear, shit, I don't, I, don't man,
3: he is absolutely destroying the baseball. I've been around some guys that can absolutely hit. I've seen people go on these hot streaks. Yeah. The way that he is squaring up baseballs is not normal.
2: So hard, you you notice, know man? It, it's a
3: certain sound that you hear when a dude hit the ball. Yeah, does it make that sound? Hmm. Yeah, it's right now. He's sounding like a shotgun blast. Oh God! Like dang, every yeah. time he hits it, it's like boom. Yeah, boom. And these are these aren't those old bats that we used to hit. BB corner the These are these are the ones that aren't supposed to let the ball jump off the bat. Like yeah, that. yeah. It's not supposed to jump off the bat like no. that. No, and it's it has got a sweet sweet sound. It's it sounds like a wooden bat, but it sounds like it's a golf ball hitting a bat. It is just taking off when, when, and this, you know, people talk about exit velocity and I'm not a big guy into all that. I really want to see what his exit velocity is because yeah. my man is not missing the baseball. He had a home run in six straight games The get it ended last night uh, or excuse me on Tuesday, what's today? Yeah. Tuesday night. And he may start another one, but here's the deal. That dude is different. And him being in a lineup has helped catapult this Texas team on, as we're recording this, on a nine-game winning streak. Oh, wow. On a nine-game winning streak. They've moved up to number three in the nation. They're playing good baseball. But he is the catalyst
1: right now to get this thing going. Mm. And when asked, Ivan, Ivan Melendez, uh, a good find, Omar Quintanilla, the former uh, Texas infielder great uh, from the mid – early mid two thousands and those great Augie Grito teams. He's the one that pretty much was the consultant, if you will, recommended Ivan. And well, he was asked because hard, both of you know, when you're on, when you're feeling it, the ball seems to be bigger or you just, you're feeling it. Well, Ivan was asked about that after (coughs) Sunday's win against Kansas state, if he's, if that ball looks tremendously larger than normal,
0: no, I'm uh, definitely not seeing beach balls. Hitting is probably one of the hardest things to do in all sports. But I think just my preparation uh, leading up to the game, like, uh, you know, setting uh, the machine on high velocity, um, going, you know, into the game, it translates. So, yeah.
1: So, you guys can relate to what he said. He likes to go and take uh, – going to the cage with high-velocity balls with the, with the pitching machine. Is that – I mean, to me, I, I, I don't have as much experience with those pitching machines as either of you. All I know is, that, you know, the coach would pitch us to us in BP. But if you put it at high velocity, are we talking 85 to 90 in the kitten cage or are we talking 90 plus?
3: It just really depends on what,
1: what, what you're feeling that
3: day. Like if you want to have high velocity, there's no reason for you to go up there. This The waste of time is going up and seeing a hundred mile an hour pitch on a pitching machine. That is, that is just a waste of time. 90 miles an hour gets you to shorten up your swing, being quick to the ball and then getting through the baseball. If you're doing something like that, I can see it. Because as we talked about before, pitchers are throwing harder than when we grew up. Like everybody throws 95 plus when I was coming up, Ty Van Popple threw 95 miles an hour, and he was the greatest pitcher of all time. Yeah, Arlington, yeah.
1: Martin. You know, yeah, I
3: mean, yeah. You probably only seen
2: one guy throw 90 your right. entire high school career.
3: <laughs> right. If you throw a 90 now, you might not even make your college team. You know what I'm saying? That's That's just the way that things are right now. So for me to go into the cage, 90 miles an hour would be considered high velocity right now. 75 would be high velocity to me right now. How about you know 50 for me? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even going to lie to you. <laughs> uh, you better slow that
2: thing down so I can see the lacer. Yeah, please. Yeah. Hey, matter of <laughs> fact,
3: why don't we go to the
1: softball cage and let me get my time Yeah, Yeah, exactly. give me some underhand <laughs> pitching. Well, to wrap up the Texas baseball discussion, uh, they got a series uh, starting uh, right now. Abilene Christian, Southland Conference member, And then at Texas State in San Marcos, then a three-game series. This is where we're going to find out how good this team really is, truly. At Oklahoma State, Texas Tech here, who came off the series win this past weekend against TCU. uh, And then at TCU, so nine games against some really high-powered programs. And I will decide the Big 12 championship, regular season that is. Coach Mo, how much time do you have with us right now? Zero time. I hear them animals hey. out there. Hey, lots of love, my brother,
2: and wake your ass up. Wake your ass up. hard, Man, Hard is smooth, motherfucker, dog.
3: Hard smooth. Hey. Hey, hustle yourself right now, dog. That's my dog.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's my dog right there. Hey, I'm going <laughs> to catch you out on the flip side, baby. Yes, All you right, will. be easy. I know you're going to have some bourbon tonight, ain't you? Yes, sir. Already know. Turn up. Later. Turn up, baby. <laughs> Later, Coach
1: Mo. Later, Mo. Later, guys. Lots of love. Man, that guy. Uh, man, I don't know Long how people. Is, hey, he's just man, he just yeah he's, he's he, he, he's <laughs> yeah, he's good shit. He's good shit. He's different people. Yeah, he's good shit. He's good shit. Hey, I don't know how much you, uh Harge, kept up with. I know it's closed, but Longhorn Football Spring, they had a scrimmage last weekend. Yep. Uh, uh I know all we hear are positive things, but to be honest with you, one area that not concerns me, but I think should be a little bit more focused on by the common fan is, I don't know, I can't remember the terminology that Sark's using for that uh, the middle or inside linebacker. You know, Juwan Mitchell, transfer portal, but you got David Benda and Jalen Ford. What, what is your impression of those two? And what you're hearing and should there be concern with Juwan Mitchell truly in the transfer portal?
3: Well, I mean, I think there should be uh concern with Juwan Mitchell because Jawan Mitchell was a valuable part of what Texas did last year. I mean, the guy was making plays sideline to sideline. I know he had his own off the field situations where, you know, the locker room and, and, you know, being a guy that might've had some problems away from the field, but, at the end of the day, when he stepped between those lines, he was giving you everything that he got. He he balled out, and he was considered, quote-unquote, a leader at the time. So, with David Benda, and what'd you say? Who was the other one? Oh, For Jalen Ford? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm down with both of those guys. I think Benda is a guy with a lot of speed, and I think you know, a lot of people talk about him making the transformation where he had to go play running back, and then now he's back, and some people could say, well, maybe he wasn't good at Linebacker. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. Maybe the guys in front of him were better than him, right? And he wasn't ready to take that next step. So they had an opportunity to move him to another position. A lot of times when people make a position change, it has zero to do with them, it has everything to do with the people that are in front of them. Yeah, they are they were ahead of them. So that and we needed help on the running back room. He's a former running back. Move him to running back because he's not going to get the playing time at that position of linebacker. Now, here's the other thing that I think a lot of people continue to not understand. We have a new coaching staff. Maybe the other coaching staff was missing out on some of the players that should have been playing. It happens. Maybe David Benda fits the profile of what Sark's defensive coordinator wants. And it's the same thing with the offensive and defensive lines. Maybe those coaches that are brought in here see the things that they want to achieve on those respective lines in those players who everyone thought they may not be good enough. No, maybe the coaching wasn't good enough. Have you thought about that? That's a man quit, I love put Justin rushing to conclusions about position changes. man, Let it happened.
1: you hit it. Some people need to hear that and they need to drive it home because those points right there it, it, it's there's I think there was a lot of talent, even though Herman and Nutstaff did play young players, yeah. They, there was a lack of development somewhere is when you have some talent not gaining any reps on the field. And I get it, earn it, but we weren't there. But I think you, you covered it all. There were, there was not enough development. And speaking of that new coach that you mentioned, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, Sark talking about Jalen Ford and development of him at that linebacker position with David Benda. Uh, and while we anticipate Juwan Mitchell not returning,
0: I think one of the, one of the big keys that we're, we're trying to press upon him is the consistency, right? We, we know what that top level performance looks like from him. Now, how do we get him to stay at that level consistently, uh, down after down day after day and for a young player, he's shown a lot, you know, um. And, you know, I think he's got a great upside in front of him if, if we can keep – again, he's one of those guys on that trajectory. If we can keep him on that trajectory, he's got a chance to be a special player.
1: As you, Harge mentioned, in other words, Ford has a chance to be a very special player. You know, it's a young guy, upside significant. Um, but uh, people don't understand how significant these spring reps are for everybody, but most importantly, these young players.
3: I mean, it's all important, brother. Yeah. It's all important. Any rep rep. is good. You know, I I, I continue to say that um, my quarterback is Casey Thompson. Everybody keeps talking about Hudson Carr. Do I think Hudson Carr is going to be a good quarterback? Absolutely. Do I think Bijan and Rojo are the top running backs on the team? Absolutely. Do I think that Troy O'Meary is going to be the starting wide receiver? Absolutely. Do I think that we're going to use the tight end finally effective Jared Wiley, two, five, four, by the way. Uh, Do I think that Jared Wiley is going to be a star? Absolutely. It's the new coaching staff. It's the new opportunities. Yes, the reps matter. But when we walk out on that field against the university of Louisiana, Lafayette, I want to see those guys on the field. If I don't, something has gone wrong. The off-season workouts didn't go the way we needed them to. Things are going to have to change. And I'm excited to see, but the one thing I will coach is patience. Yeah, Be patient, guys. Be patient. I know we don't want to wait around because that's why we're paying all this money. Things are going to change. Relax, let it happen. That's all I got to say about that.
1: Let it ride. Let it ride. Hey. Speaking about letting things play out, Chris Beard, Texas men's basketball, key returnees. I guess we kind of expected this. Jace Febris and the AJ1, Andrew Jones, fan favorite. Everybody loves him, his story. Two, and I think – now, you obviously, everyone's going to have their opinion. I think Jace Febris could fit in well in Chris Beard's system. for sure
3: because he's that type of guy that's a, a shooter i think every look i know chris beard from his past i know chris beard because i was fortunate enough my son was recruited and went to an elite camp at texas tech with chris beard when he was an assistant with coach knight yeah my son had an opportunity to play against chris beard when chris beard was the head coach at angelo state they, uh Tarleton State ended up beating Angelo State to go to the Elite Eight. Chris Beard is a hell of a coach, but what Chris Beard knows how to do is develop players and get good transfer players, transfers yes, that can yes. come in and help. And as you've seen, these numbers are happening. He wanted Brock Cunningham. Brock Cunningham is a guy that he loved. Brock Cunningham is still staying. Andrew Jones coming back. Jace Febris, Andrew Jones, and Brock Cunningham are the cornerstones to what Chris Beard is going to do and they can help the University of Texas I'm excited to see it I'm glad he's getting all these recruits in but I'm most importantly I'm happy for those three kids because their opportunities coming off of injuries coming from leukemia and now coming back for uh, another year in Brock Cunningham getting an opportunity to play hard for a coach that demands that type of performance Brock Cunningham may just take off bro.
1: Yeah, I think, Brock, I've always been a big guy. I mean, a big uh, supporter of a guy that's a, a plus or minus type of champion. You know, a guy that's going to create turnovers and a team really ascends when he's in the ball game. He creates things. He may not see it on the point total, but he, he makes things happen, that being Brock Cunningham. Now, in Austin, a significant, significant date this Saturday. Uh, Austin's first true high-level professional sports franchise, Austin FC of the MLS. Uh, they will begin their inaugural season on the road. Their first home game, home match, if you will, uh, will be at Q2 Stadium by the domain, off Burnett Road, off Breaker. That's in, I believe, in June. Uh, first off, just be honest with me, your interest level in FC Austin as of today. Which number do you need? What's, what's our scale? Let's see.
3: Let's go one through five, one being the highest. One. Really? Yeah, my son, my son is part of the academy, you know? Okay, okay. And so I've seen this whole process go down since he was, he's 12, since he was nine years old. I've seen this whole process and what was going on. Um, obviously, you know, Lindsay played professional soccer. So I got a chance to understand the game as these kids have continued to play and her educating me. So during this entire time, I've, I've gotten a grasp of it. I've gotten a, the, the, bug as you will and in, in wanting it to be there. But most importantly, there's a lot more people in Austin that appreciate soccer than what we think, you know, Austin is not what it used to be, man. Austin is not all burnt orange the way that it used to be. People are moving here from different states and different countries, and, yeah. and it's a it's a diverse city now. Uh, people will talk about all the other stuff that's going on. I'm not going to talk about that, but what I'm going to talk about is the fact that Austin, Texas, now has become a melting pot, yes. and everybody's not foot. football fans. They're football. You know what I'm saying? So do I think this place is going to sell out? Absolutely. Do I think this is going to be a soccer town? Well, never really overrun the university of Texas, but it is a professional major professional team in the city of Austin, Texas that will be on national television damn near every week. I know that the folks over at uh, KXAN and CW have the contract. So we're going to get a chance to see Austin FC play a ton of soccer. Um, So to answer your question, level one for me, because I'm all in. I'm excited about it. It, uh, It's going to be fun to get to know these players. And it's going to be fun to watch the developmental part of it from the academy all the way up because I get to see a lot of these kids throughout this program every week, every week. Hopefully there will be some that make the pro team and there's some that may end up going to do something else and that's okay too. But I feel like we're part of it because we're from here, man. Yeah. We're part of it.
1: No, I agree.
3: What what would you gauge your level of interest into this deal?
1: On a scale, You're no longer to, in the media like I that. know you it, don't man. Have to cover it now. Yeah, scale one to five, one being the highest. Right now, it's a three. Okay. It's a three. Um, posted a poll on my personal Twitter page just because I was curious. You know, I'm very open minded. I'm very aware that listen, this is not a UT centric town anymore at all. You you alluded to that, and it's the truth that most of the fans who go to ut football games are from out of town they really are they come in because ut football is what it is people will come in town they're going to sell it out every home game um there's a lot of revenue streams so to speak and ut doesn't own all of them anymore in this town Uh, a lot of people go to ut games because it's a social event because they graduated from boston university uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Chapman universities, private you know liberal arts colleges, a lot of California universities, Pepperdine I've met a lot met them all you have too. So in this poll I posted I had four <clears throat> levels of interest are you what's your level of interest for Austin FC since this Saturday is the opening match first game will be at the beautiful Q2 stadium here in Austin in June. A third of them said, I don't care. Another third said, somewhat excited. Below the high end, I can't wait. So, what is your? What do you think? Well, I'll tell. I'll give you my opinion. To those a third who said they don't care, I would say a percentage of those their interest level will increase if they go to a game.
3: To be honest with you, I think that's all it's going to take. I think, you know, as well as I do, you start walking around this city, everybody kind of ebbs and flows and whatever's going on or, Hey, Sean, will not you meet me over by the domain? Okay. I'm gonna go to by the domain. Hey, Sean, will don't you meet me here? And then we'll walk over to the soccer field. What are we going yeah. over there for? And then all of a sudden you hear, "Oh, you know, you hear all that. And then you, you know, people are like, Oh, Matthew McConaughey's involved. So let's check it out. And, there's so many different things that are going on that once you get a chance to see soccer in its full uh, go, you're going to be engaged in it, man, because there's so much action that people don't understand. So your biggest question, it's like me going to see hockey.
1: I'm
3: like, why am I going to see hockey, bro? They ain't got that many brothers out there. (laughs) But then I get out there and then I see the, the beauty of the game and the on and off and the icing and, what's happening and the transitions and all that other stuff. And you're like, damn, this is crazy. Yeah. This is fast. Same thing with soccer. People like, man, I'd rather watch paint dry. <laughs> and I'm like, then you don't have a sense of adventure. You need yeah. a sense of adventure. So I guarantee you once you get a chance, cause it's going to be hard to get in there. Let's just be honest because those tickets have flown off the shelves. So obviously there is some interest in it, but it's the ancillary stuff, the watch parties, the things that you're going to be a part of and the people you're going to be around, that you're going to appreciate the game of soccer in its fullest form because it's a beautiful game.
1: It is, and that's soccer. You know, the most poetic way of saying, the beautiful game. There it is.
0: Hey, Ben, tell me something good.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, hard hard-just son. One of my favorite transitions always, the tell me something good segment sponsored by Jimmy Saxton, State Farm Insurance Agency, a local guy, a son of a Longhorn legend, and God, he Jimmy Saxton is Austin, and he's also the primary sponsor of Stories Inside the Man Cave Podcast. Give him a call. Look for him on uh, online, and also, you know, if you want all your insurance needs, you need to give Jimmy a call. 512-441- 1082 512 441 1082, or give them a visit. Their office is located on Riverside on the south side of the river. Beautiful view of that downtown skyline. And you can catch them also at Saxtoninsurance.com. All right, Harch, tell me something good,
3: brother. All right, Sean, I got you. You just alluded to it. We will have a professional team that will take place yes. this Saturday. The Austin FC will take on the L- LA Galaxy, I believe it is, or LS- Los Angeles Football Club, whoever it may be. <laughs> they will have their inaugural game this weekend. And let me just tell you, from me to you, it is something to behold. That first game for whatever team you decided and they became a franchise, and you wanted to see it, it is going to be where were you when the Austin FC kicked off their season? So for me, that is my tell you something good. I'll be back from Houston, cause obviously what what better way to do it than have a damn game in Houston on the day of the first game. What the hell is going What's on? What's going on? What the play. hell are they doing? I mean, that ain't telling me something good. I gotta be driving. But I'm looking forward to watching the Austin FC take on the LA team this weekend. Sean, do me a favor and tell
1: me something good, bro. I got you, brother. Hey, we. before I get to that, we got to contact Austin FC. We got to get some green up in this uh podcast we got to talk there we go (laughs) hey i'll tell you something good and this may not sound good to most people but it is uh i i heard a conversation and i saw it on twitter too um i'm always a big proponent of growing the game of baseball and this was a negative comment and it's just funny i heard it in person and i saw it on twitter over the weekend uh it went something like this not verbatim that when a game goes into extra innings i'm not watching anymore because a guy automatically goes to second base you know what that tells me hard you know why that's good because people are paying attention and it could increase the viewership and interest in the game because major league baseball that is something good. They're trying to improve the speed of the game and the overall value, because that's not giving a team the game. Moving base runners and small ball are is the foundation of baseball, wouldn't you agree? Yeah,
3: it is, but I do understand how I'm trying to figure out why we are gonna start an international tiebreaker like little league baseball by putting a dude who did not earn his way to second base Why is he on second base? Like, yes, you got to do the fundamental things, but that's something they should have been doing. They should have been doing beforehand. So, as I look at this, I understand your point of it, right? Because it is getting the conversation started. And maybe this is the one part where I am an old head when it comes to it. (laughs) But listen do that stuff earlier in yeah. the game and we may not have that but exactly. I do like your point of what you said about the baseball at its purest form where you're moving guys over you're bunting, you're getting things to happen I agree with you on that for sure, for sure Man,
1: that's the only thing, you know I'm I'm, a, I'm borderline purist but I'm just open now to increase the number of people in participation in this game, don't have such a big drop off as we mentioned at age 12 I mean, you have people designated uh, to go play soccer. You need to keep these baseball talents in this game or more of a higher percentage. Hey, big shout out to Anthony Geronimo for uh, joining us on segment one. Big Mike uh, had some obligations with last stand hats and of course being the most significant role. Dad, to awesome. Four, Coach Mo, Big Mike, Anthony Geronimo, and Hardball Hearts. We are. You
3: ain't got to go home, but you got to get your ass out of here. Wake your ass up.
1: What would Big Mike say? You ain't got to go
3: home, but holler at a player when you see him in the streets. (laughs) Yeah, we are.
2: We good, player.